Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. All right. A little bit different this Friday afternoon. Typically, in the 2.30 segment of the show, we do Pop Culture Corner. We're actually going to expand that. It's going to be a full hour. Two different topics, but it's just the news over the last couple of weeks has just been so relentlessly bad. I, I think we need a, a break from talking about all just the, the bad stuff and the challenges to our lifestyle that we're facing. So that's coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Um, maybe a couple coronavirus-related aspects of Pop Culture Corner, but it will be fun. So that's the 2 o'clock hour. Before that, as has been happening on a regular basis, we're going to talk about a number of issues, including you know the various changes. And the news seems to change every 15 minutes when it comes to dealing with the coronavirus. A number of different aspects, and it's one of those things where my guess is... I don't know. Over the course of the next couple hours, there will be topics that you agree with me on, and there will be other topics where you're just screaming at the radio going, I can't believe he is saying that. But that's okay. That's what we're here for, to have a discussion. Let us get started. All right. The, the Of course, the, the breaking news on coronavirus is the fact that you now have the governors of New York and California ordering pretty much a, a complete shutdown of, of the states. Uh, the governor of California ordering Californians to stay home, and there, there's just a very, very limited number of exceptions. There's no limitation on, on that order. And he's basing it on an assertion where he says, well, I, I think it's possible that up to 56% of the population could get infected. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but I, I I think it's important to take this stuff seriously, and I am not a coronavirus significance denier. At the same time, sometimes I think we have elected officials who say things, well, w- without necessarily knowing what they're talking about. Now, it's interesting because, let me just give you an example. In China, and I'm trying to put some perspective on this, in China, where there are 1.4 billion people, There are about 81,000 reported cases of coronavirus, 81,000, and then a few thousand deaths. Not trying to downplay any of that, but, but even if we assume that China has significantly underreported the number of coronavirus cases they have, 1.4 billion would mean hundreds and hundreds of millions of people infected if you were going to look at a 56% infection rate. And it is interesting because some people in the media kind of said, okay, Governor Newsom, where, where does this number come from? I mean, and and they're very, very vague about this. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to the CDC, etc. I'd really like to know the methodology of where that comes from. Because again, I'm not a coronavirus denier. But at the same time, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that by... By being an alarmist and, and to say, well, more than one out of every two people in our population may well be infected by this, I, I think without 
explaining exactly the methodology seems to me to be perhaps irresponsible. And again, may, maybe there's all sorts of you know methodology behind it. But even if you look at the countries that have been very hit the very hardest by this, um, before they I think even knew the impact of this, you're, you're not seeing anything close to a 56 percent infection rate. But that doesn't mean that it's not serious at all. All right number of aspects of this that I want to talk about. And and the first one, my question to you is, I need you to be honest about this. Right now, there are scientists all over the world who are racing to come up with a vaccine for coronavirus. I mean, amazingly, just in the last week or two, you know, there have been some serums, some vaccines that they're coming up with that they're just starting the testing process on. But some of them are, are showing some positive effects by positive, meaning, hey, it, it looks like that this might might help people. Now, we, we're a long way away from that. And, you know, it, it's a lengthy process to, first of all, find a vaccine that works and then get the vaccine produced in large enough quantities that you're able to, you know, vaccinate people, that you're able to get it out. So I don't think a vaccine for coronavirus, I don't think it's going to appear in the next month or two. I mean, many of the really smart people say, you know, best case scenario, you're probably looking at a year to maybe 18 months. I think that might be long if you find it. But Again, it's a it's a struggle. But here is what I want to discuss with you. We have had a flu vaccine for years and years and years and years and years. And I understand coronavirus isn't the flu. I, I get it. We've had a measles vaccine and a polio vaccine since the, the 1950s. And yet people make the decision not to have their children vaccinated for measles for whatever reason. Flu shots... We've had a flu shot. I mean, you know, if you look at the people who decide to get the flu shot every year, every year, it's, it's about 40 to 45 percent. So you have large chunks of people who make the decision, even though there is a vaccine that is available that can either help you not get the flu or if you get the flu, help you minimize the consequences of it. And yet there's all sorts of people who just decide that they're not going to do it. Our number, 855 855- 616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here is my question to you, and I want you to be honest. If two weeks from now or three weeks from now they come out and they say, we, we've, got, we've got the vaccine, and we're hoping that it's going to be as effective in dealing with coronavirus as the annual flu shot that, that we get is, which isn't perfect, but, you know, we, we've got this vaccine, would you get it? That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Because, you know, we talk about these vaccines, but unless people decide, you know what, I'm going to sign up for this and I'm going to go to my health care provider and I'm going to get that vaccine, I'm going to get vaccinated. Does it make any difference if, if you find the vaccine? Is this different? Will more people get the coronavirus vaccine when it is developed? And it will be developed at some point in time and available. Will more people do this than the flu shot? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My answer is, I, I hope so. 
And my, my first question is going to be to my doctor. Hey, hey, Dr. Dan, you know, what do you think? Should I get it? My guess is it's going to say the same thing he says to me about the flu shot, which is, yeah, I think you should get it and I'm going to do it. How are you going to respond? Will you be vaccinated against coronavirus when, when that vaccine comes out? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And if not, why not? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, we're not going to have a virus, uh, a vaccine for the coronavirus anytime soon. I mean, the best case scenario that they say is is, is a year. Uh, let, let's, say, let's say that we can change that. Let's say we can make it six months. All right, at the same time, Right now, you have lots and lots of people who don't get flu shots annually. When we get the vaccine, will you be an early adopter? Are you going to get that shot? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Howie in Whitewater. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, so let's say that there's, there becomes a, there's a vaccine that's available. Are you going to go get that shot? Well, as long as I would maybe know that it's going to be for the Corona's uh, 19, not that it's for a different strain of that. Just like the flu shots. I do not get a flu shot, but that's my choice. Right. Only because it only handles so many different strains. It doesn't handle all the strains. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, but I'm... But it does handle some of the strains. So you're, if so, you, you don't get the flu shot because there, there might be other types of flu that you should still catch. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Well, I, then I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Why wouldn't you want to get the shot to protect you against at least some of the strains of flu, even though it's not going to stop you from getting all the flu? I mean, why, why wouldn't you protect yourself against the ones that are, are out there that are covered by the flu shot? Well, I know my wife a couple of years ago got a flu shot, and within about a month after that, she ended up getting the flu. Okay. So it's like, you know, to me, that she wish she would have never done it. Okay, but the, but but for COVID-19, your thinking now is if they come out tomorrow and they say, okay, we've got this vaccine for it, you're going to get you're going to get the shot. Sure. Okay, good enough. Thanks. And I guess, see, I, I raised this as, as, as a legitimate question because, see, I, I'm a guy that gets the flu shot, and, and I understand it's not 100% effective. Uh, I understand that you can still potentially get a different strain of flu, but I guess, first of all, my doctor says, Jeff, you're, you're a healthy guy. Why wouldn't you get it? There's really no downside for you getting it. And I understand that there's a very, very small percentage of the population out there that have various, I don't know, compromised, you know, things going on in their immune system or whatever, and they can't get shots like that. I, I get it. But for people, which is the majority of us who don't have that issue, I don't understand why you wouldn't get the, the flu shot, but yet people people don't. And similarly, I guess I, I'm wondering, once we have this COVID-19 virus flu shot and, and virus shot and, and we'll, we'll get it at some point in time will we see a lot of people saying well i just i i want to take my risks anyways i'm not going to get it now i guess the, the 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 good news about that is that if you get an effective shot that's going to stop people from getting it part of the problem right now is we're, we're trying to avoid having the hospital system overwhelmed 
by a sudden rush of people who, who need the ventilators or, or whatever. It's not necessarily that you're going to eliminate the, the COVID-19 you know, virus. It, it's that maybe you can substantially reduce the spread of it so a lot of people don't get it or have immunity to it because they've had it already and they've recovered. And so there's not a sudden rush on the emergency room for the people who need it. So that's an effect. But I'm just I'm genuinely curious. Would you get the vaccination? Jacob in Heartland. Jacob, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, um, I think at this time, I personally uh, would not get the would not get the shot just due to how quickly it's, this is being pushed. We're still learning new things about this virus every single day, right? Um, and we have a lot of hypotheses and a lot of opinions, but we're still learning. Uh, recently, the Johns Hopkins Hospital just came out with an article saying that um, it 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 mutates depending on which host it's with, depending on who. Uh, it's with. So I just think at this time, would it be smart to go with a vaccine that we don't know much about and that they rushed to get made? Mm-hmm. Well, so at, at what point in time? So let's say they come out with it in a year. If that's too soon, is it like three years? I mean, at what point in time do you start saying, OK, I'm convinced that I want to go down this route? Um, I think when there's, I think when there's enough thorough uh, investigation behind, we know more about this virus. Um, I, I think I would, I think I would consider it then. Okay, I, I really do. Okay, good. Thanks. And I, I, I raise this as a legitimate issue because, I mean, our our first two callers have said, well, no, for for whatever reasons, we're reluctant. We'd probably get it, but I don't know. That was the first call. The second guy said, I'm I'm not getting it anytime soon. All right, which which again raises this whole question. We're working on these vaccines, and the idea being we, we want to... We want to eliminate this, but because, I mean, you're hearing it, the skepticism that people have, I mean, is this going to be the answer? Let's talk to Denise in East Troy. Hi, Denise. Hi. What do you think? Okay, if they come out with a vaccine in the next year, are you going to get the, Are you going to get it? Well, I work in healthcare. I work in surgery. So I'd probably, if it's mandatory, yes, I'd, I'd have to get it just like the flu shot. But I, I would... If I didn't work in healthcare, I would probably think about it because you don't know the side effects of this in, this shot yet. You don't uh-huh. know what is going to happen with this yet. But if everything and all the testing goes well, I would get it. Okay, so do you? All right, so let let's say it's six months from now, and I understand that that's probably an optimistic thing. They announce we've got we have the we have the vaccinate vaccine, and we're making it widely available, and we encourage you to contact your health provider and get the shot. And let's take out the the mandatory thing. So you you have your choice one way or the other. Six months from now, would you be in the first wave of people getting the vaccination? Um. On that question, I'd say no. Okay. All right. I think I, again, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that are, are going to be are going to be like that. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not being judgmental, other than to tell you, to me, I, I go to my doctor and I say, Doctor Dan, you, do you think, do you think I should do this? And my guess is he's probably going to say, Jeff, you are otherwise healthy. 
Uh, you, you don't have any history of adverse reactions. I think it's worth it because you don't want to get this virus. And more importantly, you don't want to pick it up and spread it on to other people. And the only way that we're going to be able to eliminate it is by if we're able to eliminate the carriers. So I'm going to end up getting it. But I, I raise that point because I think there's a lot of skepticism out there. And we've seen this for years and years. And there's a lot of people who aren't going to jump on and aren't going to be on that first wave, which does, and this is going to tie into something we're going to talk about in a little bit, which which does make me wonder what the new normal is moving forward, because COVID-19, I think, is going to be a part of our lives for the foreseeable future. I mean, I don't think it's going to completely and totally disappear anytime soon, which raises the question of how do we deal with that? This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Boy, outsmarted myself on this one. All right, the uh, government announcing today that the individual tax filing deadline has been extended from April 15th to July 15th. And uh, of import, what that means is not only do you have a deadline, an extension, April, May, June, July, a 90-day extension of the time to file your taxes, but if you owe money, you, you've got a 90-day extension. No interest, no penalties, no no nothing. I said I, I outsmarted myself because this year I was so proud of myself, and I, I got all the documents together early on, sent them off to my accountant. She got all the stuff prepared right away, and, and actually because sometimes it takes her a little while to get to the individual returns because she does a lot of corporate type of work, but I, I sent it to her like two days later. I get I get the taxes done. They're, they're done, and this year I, I had to write a check to the – I had to write a check to Uncle Sammy to the to the IRS, and it's no it's no big deal. It's just kind of I, I actually kind of play this game where, as far as I'm concerned, with at least some of the the income and things like that I have coming in, it's I I want to I want to I want to give interest free loans to the government, um, as little as possible, and so I don't want a big refund. And if I have to write a check, I'm okay with that because as long as I don't have to pay an interest or penalty on something like an underpayment penalty, I'm I'm cool with that because I'd rather have the money to use than, than give it to the government. So anyhow, I owed a little bit of money. So I get the I get the tax returns back mid February and I'm gonna have to write a check to the IRS. Now under normal circumstances I, I could have waited till April fifteenth, but it's sitting there. I had the money, I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna go send it off. What what the heck? So I'm gonna pay it early. Well if I had known that I'd have an extra three months to pay it, I, I might have I might have thought differently about that. Of course Again, you look what's going on in the stock market. What would I have done with it? And if I put it in the stock market, I'd really be kicking myself. All right. How long can we do this? Now, over, uh, like last night, the the governor of California uh, announced that there is pretty much a a complete shutdown. I'll, I'll give an exception in just a minute with an asterisk. But he ordered Californians to stay home, 40 million people in California ordered them to to stay home. You're you're allowed to go outside by yourself. You're allowed to go outside with like somebody else as long as you practice social distancing, but otherwise you're 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 supposed to stay at home. And he pretty much ordered most, not all, but most businesses closed. The mandatory order allow and it by the way it's punishable by imprisonment. 
and fines. The mandatory order allows Californians to continue to go to gas stations, pharmacies, grocery stores, farmers markets, hmm, food banks, convenience stores, takeout and delivery restaurants, banks, and laundromats. Um, you can also leave your home to care for a relative or a friend or to seek health care services. Um, workers are essentially businesses have been ordered um, that, that they, they cannot they're supposed to shut down. Now, people, I guess, can still work at home unless you fit into a category of essential services, which are government services, health care providers, food and grocery stores, hardware stores, nurseries, plumbers, electricians, janitorial workers, HVAC installers, etc., banks, organizations that provides food, shelter, and social services, laundromats, the media, newspapers, magazine, television, radio, podcasts, and other media services, and certain educational institutions. But otherwise, it's pretty much you, you, you've got to shut down. And the idea is the governor says, hey, I've, I've got some study out there we, that, that says that, you know, if we don't do this within eight weeks, 27 million people can be infected in California. Now, I, again, I'm, I'm not a coronavirus denier. I'm, I'm not. But it's interesting when people asked him where those numbers come from, they, they've been very, very sketchy. Well, you know, this is a scenario that we kind of worked out a couple of weeks ago. And, and I mean, 26 million out of 40, one out of two. That has not been the experience anywhere in the world as of yet. But but this number the governor's governor's using. Don't want to argue that he he's saying we're going to have this massive shutdown. The governor of New York is doing something similar in Wisconsin. We're not close to that. There's there's emails going around saying that Tony Evers is on the verge of doing something like that. I, I, I haven't heard anything like that. I don't know. But, I mean, we definitely have a lot of voluntary stuff that's going on, and you have the order of closing restaurants in a lot of places. All right, that's on the one side. We want to err on the side of public health. Here's the other reality, and this is where some people aren't going to like what I'm about to say. You can only do this for so long. I mean, we've really only been – ordering businesses closed and restaurants closed. We've, we've really only been doing this for about a week. And already what you're seeing is a substantial disruption to the economy. Now, I understand that, that some of the things that are going on, like with the airline industry, is that it, people just don't want to travel. I, I, I get all that. But what you're seeing is thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are, are now out of work. You know, the people that work in the hospitality industries. And they're they're out of work because we're we're telling people you cannot associate. We're we're not saying even, you know, you can can go to a restaurant, you know, where there's 50 people in it. We're we're saying, no, you can't go to a restaurant. And it's going to cause economic hardship. And I I, right now, you've got a week, okay? And then, you know, you can go a week, you can go two weeks, you can go three weeks. There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal that says that, you know, if this, if, if these orders stay in effect beyond a couple weeks, you are going to talk about economic devastation that we have never had since perhaps the time of, of the Great Depression. And in this case, it's going to be economic devastation caused because of orders from the government directing, you know, that people cannot associate with themselves. There is going to be a point where I think people say, look, we, we, 
we appreciate it. Nobody wants to get sick. We all want to practice this good hygiene and things like that. But at the same time, hey, if weeks start going by and people aren't able to engage in their livelihoods and alternatively people see rest, for example, let's take restaurants, but that's just one indicator. Restaurants closing never to reopen. And, and that's going to be the reality of what happens if this goes on for a prolonged length of time. And we'll talk about prolonged in just a minute. But if this goes on for a prolonged length of time, you're you're going to have mom and pop diners. You're gonna you're gonna have restaurants that simply are not going to be able to reopen. You're gonna have bars. They're gonna go under because they can't stand to have their doors shuttered by government order for weeks and weeks at a time. And, and that's going to be the long term fallout. So here is what I want to discuss with you. We we are in the early stages of this, and I think right now everybody is accepting these orders and everybody's saying, yeah, look, let, let's let's try to get through this. We want to prevent the spread as much as possible. And, and we're all committed to doing smart things, hopefully, you know, not trying to associate with a lot of people, the practicing, the hygiene, all those type of things. How long can we do this? I mean, how long can we leave these orders in place? Two weeks, four weeks, a month, two months? Where is the end point? And at what point in time do you think we hit the tipping point where the public starts to say enough is enough? That we, we understand that this is serious, but you, you cannot, you can't tell people to stay home. You can't tell people to shutter their businesses. You can't force people into lifestyle changes that are going to last forever. So where is that tipping point? How long can this go? Right now, I think we're all, I hope we're all on board with this. And we understand there's going to be some short-term pain. But, But when does that end? Is it one week? Is it two weeks? Is it four weeks? Is it two months? In a free society, where do we draw that line? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I mean, I think right now, you know, a lot of people were looking at like the next 10 days or so, you know, maybe, you know, through the be- end of this month. It's already March 20th, so another 10 days. But, you know, April 1st rolls around, and we still have cases of coronavirus going on, and we still have, you know, people, especially people in the risk columns that, that, that are passing away. I mean, can the government order this country and this state shut down for a prolonged period of time? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, obviously, our hope is that this that this spikes and within a week or so, we can start to get back to normal and start saying, okay, we're going to allow people just, again, be smart. We're going to allow people to start getting together, practice hygiene, do all those types of stuff, and, and be smart. I mean, that that's the hope. But what if if it hasn't changed over the course of, of the next week? Can we can we order businesses closed? Can we destroy a huge chunk of the economy? Will people put up with that? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So glad to have you with us. Wait. When we initially started rolling out this, Dr. Fauci said two weeks, and and, and I know he hasn't put any maximum. But I, I think, I think you can go for two weeks, and then I think you have to start reassessing things because the truth is, at some point in time, 
when you have the government come in and just order everything shut down, you are talking about a, an economic crisis of biblical proportion. So you have to kind of find that this balancing act. I don't see how you can order the economy shut down for a month or two months or three months because by, by the time it comes out, you, you, you're going to be – you will have cratered the economy for the next you know, five or ten years. People will be unemployed like we've never seen before. So you have to kind of find that balancing. So, I mean, I clearly support what they're doing now. I, I do. But I do wonder how long it can last before people say, okay, look, this is what, what we're doing isn't necessarily working or we're willing to accept the risks. Jeff, 70% of people live paycheck to paycheck. If this goes beyond four weeks, it will collapse the economy. Um, yes, yes, I, I think there's a factor to that. Jeff, this is from Heather. What's the end game for all this? I understand we want a slow transmission, but totally eradicating it is unlikely. What we have is the emergence of a new disease that will make some folks sick, some more than others, much like the seasonal influenzas and influenzas that, that go around. And again, I, I understand this, this is more dangerous for the, the, flu than the flu but still i understand her point jeff i would say three to four weeks um after that i think we're at the tipping point um i think there's an element of that um let's see jeff i i give it a month we americans are social creatures and we like to be with people i think after a month we're going to start saying blank you you can't tell us what we're going to do we're going to come out and we don't care what anybody says here's an interesting text jeff i'm immune compromised and i live like uh, COVID-19 every day. I'm responsible for my own life. I choose to keep myself safe from large crowds on a daily basis. Everyone else who is healthy can then live their own life. Okay, 855-616-1620. What, what's the end game here? Let's start with Jerry in Oak Creek. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Jeff. I appreciate your show, but uh, one thing I forgot to tell um, tell your provider is I mean, your telephone guy is, I'm supposed to go to my brother's wedding in Chicago next weekend. I'm not going to go to it. Right. Right. And number number two, um, a lot of my relatives in Missouri say that uh, Branson's opening a restaurant, so open and they're going out like nothing's happening. Yeah, Arizona, well, I mean, it's different on a state-by-state basis. I mean, Arizona, I was getting a couple texts from people saying, you know, in Phoenix, it's, it's, you know, it's open, it's, it's business as usual. Um, so different states are reacting in in different ways, whereas you know California complete and total lockdown, New York complete and total lockdown, Wisconsin well not a complete and total lockdown, but but a lockdown. No, thanks for calling, Jerry. Yeah, and I mean I wedding receptions, Chicago, good luck. I mean they're I mean it's it's not it's not going to happen. You can probably go to the wedding. Um, in City Hall, but, you know, the reception, not going to work. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What What's the end game here? How long can we have these restrictions? And at some point in time, do we need to say, okay, we're, we're trying to control this. We're trying to get over the hump. But but you know what? We, we, we can't. We can't destroy the economy moving forward for the next five or, or ten years. Let's talk to John in Waukesha. Hi, John. You're on WTMJ. Hi. What do you think? So I'm looking at this as mathematically, right? So as of right now, we have less than one million people that have it on a planet of seven billion people. And already we've tanked the economy. 
the, econ- the economy has dropped over 33 percent. Well, and it's, so and it's not just weeks. yeah. I mean, it's not just the, the the stock market going down. In many respects, that's kind of paper money. But it's all the businesses that are shutting down, and it's all the the people who, on a daily basis, find that they've lost their livelihoods. That they're you're a commission salesperson. Hey, I, I can't do my job. You're a waiter. You're a waitress. You can't do your job. You know, and that's and that's going to you know unemployment is one thing, but it's it's not going to make up the difference. I mean, you you can't have these people permanently employed. Yeah. And the fear is unbelievable. I work in manufacturing, and it is just unbelievable. Every day, everybody's talking about it. Right. You know, I'm watching my my coworkers who've been there 30 years, and they're basically crying because their 401k is nothing anymore. You know, and it's like... (sighs) I don't know. This is just bad. Well, no, they, no, it, it is bad. And and again, that's why I, I think short-term pain, every, we can take it. We, we have to be willing to take short-term pain. And and I understand what they're, they're trying to do. The question becomes, how far can government go or should government go in kind of cratering the economy? And, and see, a lot of it is is private business. I mean, our, our company has been incredibly proactive in dealing with this. Pretty much all our employees who who can work at home do work at home. This place is it's it's a ghost town, and I think they're making arrangements for more of us. As a matter of fact, I know that to to be able to to work at, at home to try to to keep this going on with the idea being, hey, if you don't have to come into the office, work at home. Um, that you know, then you don't have to risk being exposed to coworkers who might have picked this up, and you know you don't pass it on to coworkers. And I and I understand that. I give a lot of credit to the companies that are trying to be proactive and deal with that. But at the same time, there, there's some businesses that that just can't do that. And at some point in time, do we have to start saying, look, we we want to protect people from this? And and look, I get it. I got. I'm not a coronavirus denier. But at some point in time, do we have to say, look, we're, we're going to have to balance this out with the fact that some people might get sick and some people might in fact die but we're not going to be able to stop that anyways do we have to balance that with the fact that okay we're going to unemploy a generation of of people 855-616-1620 that's the accident mortgage talk and text line and i guess my question is right now everybody is on board with this and i think that's appropriately so how long is is that going to happen when more and more people find hey not only am I laid off from my job, but I don't have a job to go back to because the, the business is just closed because they couldn't survive having to shut their doors for three, four weeks. And there's a lot of businesses like that. David in Mequon. David, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I would say about a month. And the reason being um, there are going to be stimulus checks going out in the first week of April. Um, the governor did actually, I actually will say he did one thing that was actually decent, which was uh, that people could get unemployment benefits Without right away. Without a week, yeah. Right, right. So that helps. Um, but long term, to your point, uh, yes, this would have a huge economic uh, ripple effect that would permanently damage a lot of businesses uh, permanently. And I'm, I'm afraid that if it were to go longer than that, um, you would have looting and some other things that are going on besides what you're seeing with the hoarding yeah. in the stores right now. Um, I, you know, that would be a huge problem. And I will say one other thing. Um, you know, it's really weird how they've kind of laid this out. Like, you can go to the DMV right now 
And, you know, you have a whole pile of people, but you can't sit at a restaurant. But yet you could still go to a restaurant that has pickup. You don't know if that cook actually has it. I mean, it's it's really kind of weird how they're picking and choosing, you know, what businesses can, can stay open and, you know, well, should uh, not be open and all this other stuff. It's well, just well, there we're is, training I mean, a lot of our liberty for our a little bit of safety, though. Well, uh, I mean, thank, I, mean it is, it, I think that's one of the frustrating things. And I, I'm just I, I'm not going to criticize Governor Evers handling of this, but there has been a bit of of whack-a-mole going on here because you know, four or five days ago, we're told, uh, you know, don't. Okay, a week ago we're told we we gotta we gotta close down the NBA and we, we we can't have large groups of people. Okay, I understand all that. And then we're told groups of over five hundred people shouldn't gather. Okay, I I I get that. And then a couple days ago we're told okay, groups of fifty practice social distancing, sit away. Okay, I understand that. And then less than twenty four hours now now it's ten, and now it's no we're we're, we're closing down. And you you do kind of wonder whether you know what the thought process is behind this and and if it should have been 10 all along then then why didn't we do 10 you know a week ago or why didn't we then two weeks ago and why didn't we order these massive shutdowns i get my only concern is and again I, I think you need to practice you know safe procedures you need to do social distancing you need to wash your hands you need to avoid you know unnecessary contact i, I think that that's all great we all have that responsibility but at the same time you know, we, we've got this economy. You cannot unemploy 20, 30, 40 percent of the American public by virtue of government fiat. We have to find that balance. What we're doing now, I think, is fine. I think it'll work for a little while. But at some point in time, I, I think we're going to have to figure out what plan B is. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, this evening I'm going to be auditioning for another job because, you know, if, if the radio thing doesn't work and I decide I don't want to practice law and being a beach bum doesn't work, I, I'm, I'm going to be trying out for something else tonight. What so, would that be? Delivery person. No. Oh. Because... Mm-hmm. Because we, it's Friday night. I'm a fish fry guy, and actually, my wife makes a very nice fish fry. But you know, there's we have a local restaurant that we go to. We have a, a handful of them, but the place I love for Friday nights. They, and I know they're struggling. Like all these businesses mm-hmm. are struggling, and my heart goes out to the servers and stuff like that. But the restaurant, it's trying to stay open, and so I, they, we called up. They said they're going to be open tonight. So we're again for for carryout. So we're going to order. You know, I'm going to order my takeout fish fry tonight and drive over and, and, and pick it up, and Fran will get what she's going to get. So there, there's there's a lot of people that live in my little neighborhood mm-hmm. that, that we know, and my wife, because, again, she's just such a wonderful person. Over the last couple of days, she's been making extra dinners. You know, if, she, if she's making meatloaf for me, if you're making meatloaf for two people, you can make meat, meat, make meatloaf for six. Sure. And, and so I've been going around and, and, and sharing some of this That's with so some nice, of the people yeah. that live in, in our area. So the, the word got out that we were going to be going over to this restaurant and picking up stuff. And so now we're getting these calls. Well, if, <laughs> no. you know, if, yeah. if, if, you know, if we order it, will you pick ours up? And if we order this, will you pick ours up? So I think as it is now, I think I've got like three or four families, oh, wow. you know, that, so I'm, I'm going it, to, it's going to be the Wagner takeout yeah. service, you know, and then we'll, we'll go and, and drop them all off. But you'll, you'll soon need one of those vans, like an Amazon van. But it, it's, but it is, it's, it's one of those. And, and to me, it's, it's the, it's, these are the type of little things mm-hmm. that I think that people 
can do. And I don't, I don't mention this just to pat ourselves on the back. It's going to yeah. be an interesting story because I'm going to be driving around with all this food. But if, if it is a situation like that, and, and maybe, maybe you have some friends who are, older and who have been told, okay, don't, don't go out. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's this deal that you call up and say, Hey, we're going to go pick up takeout from this place. Can I get you something? And then, and you know, they'll pay you back or whatever, but just, just kind of do it. You know, I was thinking about how Friday night, I think people will definitely feel an impact on the weekend. During the week, you still are kind of doing work things. But when Friday night comes, I'm so used to going out and enjoying a beverage or watching sports on TV or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is you do on Friday night. But this Friday night will be different. Well, absolutely. Moving forward, you know, you're going to have to find ways to have maybe virtual happy hours or whatever. Did you you see that the company's doing that? Yeah, Steve Wexler sent out to say, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but at like 4 o'clock, we're going to... 4 o'clock, we're still on the air at 4 o'clock. We can't have a happy hour then <laughs> you well I mean, maybe so i mean it just you, know, you can't have the adult beverage yeah. and stuff but but that is one of the things how we kind of all get together but no i i understand and this is going to be like the second weekend without sports and mm-hmm. and i i get that sports is a diversion but but still it becomes a part of your your life you get used to these things and the one thing i wonder and that's going to actually lead into what i want to talk about next is a lot of stuff we do melissa it, it's kind of like a, a habit. I mean, I remember years and years ago when there was the baseball strike. I'm a huge baseball fan. Just and, and during like the Brewers season, I I just okay. I, they're, they're playing at seven ten tonight, and I look forward to listening to the games mm-hmm. on the radio and, and following that. And I and then and so it becomes this habit that you come back to. And I remember during the baseball strike in the '90s, you fall out of that habit. You find other things to do yeah. to fill your time. You know, wh- whatever that might be, and then. When when the thing that you used to be the habit comes back, it, it's like yeah. I mean, lots of people go back to it, but a lot of people say, you know, I I just I've fallen out of that habit, and and that's part of the problem I think businesses have. You know, and, and that, to that point, I think um, on Friday nights I love to go out and you know eat popcorn at a local bar and right. watch the Bucks game. I love I love right. watching the Bucks. Right. That's been like my thing um, the last year or so, and they're so good. And just missing that sort of camaraderie and that common norm- normalcy that we right. kind of have, where everyone kind of gets together and does that together. I that's going to be hard. Yeah, I I know I a um, I have a, a friend who runs. A, a restaurant. Uh, I, I'm going to call it like a mom and pop mm-hmm. type of place. You know, one of those. Things. And and they're open for breakfast and lunch, and they have regulars. I mean, yeah. I mean, people come in a lot, but but I mean, the core of the business is the the same group of people who come in on a regular basis. That's their habit. That's their routine. That a couple days a week, they 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 go in for breakfast or lunch, and they know the waitresses, and they know the cooks, and they know all that. It's kind of like a cheers thing, mm-hmm. and that's one of the big things you wonder as these shutdowns and stuff go on how many people fall out of, of that habit you know oh, oh you know i i was used to going into to jeff's diner you know three times a week but now I, I can't go into jeff's diner because it's been ordered closed by the government and then you find other things to do well maybe i don't mind sitting at home and having a bowl of cereal so you're or something thinking people may find another habit or another thing that they may yeah. like instead of going back to the one yeah. oh yeah that's a good point i never thought of that oh no and, and that I, I i think if you talk to a lot of small yeah. business people they'll tell you that's precisely what's happened in other situations where let's say their their business has to close because the, they're tearing up the road in, in front of, of their business, and you can't 
get to the business. So people just stopped coming and then they fixed the road, you know, but four or five months later, a lot of the regulars have fallen out of that habit. Mm. And that's, that's one of the things that worries me. Why I, it's one of the other reasons why I think that to the extent we can, we need to try to maintain a sense of normalcy and we need to continue to, you know, patronize the, those places that we used to patronize. And I, and I understand for some people, it, it's not practical if, hey, you're a commission salesperson and essentially nobody's buying what you're selling because of this or you're in the hospitality industry and you've been laid off. But I, to the extent those of us who aren't being impacted in that way can still continue to support the places, I I think we have an obligation to do it. And I think it's good. It's great what you and Fran are doing because also you're sort of doing the whole social distancing as well. If other people want meals and they want to go out and get the meal to go, you're kind of providing that service, you know, just in your neighborhood. Right. Obviously, just it's better you and Fran go than 10 people go. Right. You know, oh, so yeah. you can just do that, drop it off at their house. I think that's a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Um, now, here I have a text saying, Jeff, I think once this is over, people will come back in droves mm-hmm. to their regular establishments. And believe me, I hope that that person is absolutely right. I hope, that's I, true, I hope yeah. they are too. But I'm just saying, I... I know these patterns. Again, think of think for those people who are a certain age, when when baseball went out on strike, and I understand that there were bad feelings caused by the strike and stuff, but think about how long it, it took to get fans back. And uh, again, I understand this is different than the strike where people were perhaps alienated, but it is one of those interesting things. Bottom line is, continue to support the businesses that are open to the extent that you can. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back... All right. What is exactly what is normalcy? And if you are if you've been considering making a major purchase, are you rethinking that? I'll I'll explain and we'll discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. I am genuinely trying to figure out. What, what is there going to be a new normal? And I look, I, I remember I was doing this radio show on 9-11, which is going on 20 years ago. Seems like yesterday, but it's going on 21 years ago. And, and I can remember the the shock of of the terrorist attacks. And I can remember how various industries, uh, similarly, some of the ones that are going on now, like the travel industry, just absolutely cratered. Airlines stopped flying. People were afraid to fly on planes. Stuff shut down. And, you know, people felt this degree of uncertainty, and it took a while to get back to that that normal. In this particular case, I, I'm hoping it does not take as long, but part of the thing is I, I don't exactly know what the normal is. Here's what I want to discuss with you. If you have been considering making what I would call a, a major purchase, maybe you've been thinking about buying the car, You've been thinking about having your home remodeled. You've been thinking about taking that, that, that dream vacation. And let's, let's say it's not something you're worried about in the next 30 or 60 days, but you're thinking, you know, that this, I'm going to pull the trigger and th- this is, this is Christmas time. I've, I've always wanted to, to go to Germany. So, but, but you've been thinking about, again, I, I don't want to get too hung up on what the particular item is. But but something, you know, a, a larger ticket item. Maybe you want to buy that big screen TV for the man cave. Um, you know, maybe maybe you're looking, maybe you're looking at buying a house. 
you know, maybe you're looking at buying a house. You've been thinking about making that that major purchase and you were planning to do that. You know, this is the this is when I'm going to do it. You know, by I'm I'm going to go out. I, I want to buy that new car. We need the new car. I'm, I want to pull the trigger on that. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. As what's been going on over the course of the last few weeks, has that caused you to rethink, I don't know, one of those, to rethink your, your lifestyle in general and maybe caused you to put off some of the, these major, this major purchase that you have been considering and were willing to do, whatever that major purchase might be. And like I say it, and I understand, you know, for some people, that that's you know the your particular situation may have changed dramatically with the economic developments of the last you know few weeks if you're if your employer is shut down or you're not working or whatever well okay i get that but what about the situations where you know it's just this uncertainty has that been influencing you and do you think all right if, if you were ready to go out in a week and a half this is the time that you want to go house shopping all right. You know, are, are you going to put that off? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're thinking about, hey, this is when I want to go car shopping, you're going to put that off. Are you going to delay making some of these, what I'm going to describe, major purchases that you had already committed to? And if so, for how long? How is this affecting us? Because I'm trying to look ahead and figure out where where this ends and what our new normal is. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Crew is lining up the calls. We're back to discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Let's talk to Janet in Milwaukee. Janet, you're first. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charlie. This is a depressing topic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I was I was going to buy a trike, a Harley trike this spring and I was going to start traveling. So I am definitely not going to spend the $30,000 quite yet. Right. And I will obviously not be traveling. Right. And and it's do you think that at some point in time you're going to pull the trigger and and buy buy that big ticket item again, go buy buy the bike at some point in time? Theoretically, when the market comes back and then I feel a little bit better about the way that the world is, yes, I right. still want to do it. But, but right now, I can't. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. No, I, I think Janet, I, I, I understand. Here's another motorcycle, and Jeff. Um, it's a little too late for me to have this conversation because I did it already. Last Saturday, I went out and bought a new motorcycle, which cost me $6,000 out of pocket above my trade value. I felt good at the time. that I was trying to continue my life as normal. But I have to be honest, I felt very uneasy about the purchase since doing this. Look, I'm going to be doing just fine because I have plenty of a comfort zone. But I have felt bad about making a luxury purchase decision when other people are suffering so much in the past week. Well, in, I... I I guess I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, that's it's. I mean, we if we're going to keep this economy rolling, we we need to have the people who have the access and and still you know have the money continuing to spend it. Otherwise, if if nobody spends money, it just destroys the economy. Brian, Brian, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, yes, um, I just purchased the truck um, from the factory. It's going to be delivered to Denver, where my son lives. And I was going to do a truck swap at that time. Um, right now, they have a thousand dollars. They put it on the 
on the line. He, he said, I already have a VIN number. Um, but I'm like, okay, so well, now what just happened? Well, the world <laughs> right. just went up, upside right. I just how I'm looking at it from upside down. Um, <laughs> I'm just not sure where to go with this. You know, I was going to have my son's name on the title, but I think now it'd be foolish to do that. Do you still? Do you, let me ask you this: do, do you still want the vehicle? I mean, do you even still want the vehicle? I, yes, I still want the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mine, mine's getting up there in, in miles. It's two hundred thirty thousand. So, right. um, I do a lot of driving, cross country driving. That's the thing. Right. I do a lot of. I mean. To put on about fifty thousand a year and just pleasure driving. Right, right. You know, interesting. I, I, I'm okay. I've been hesitating whether I was going to tell this story, but I, I understand exactly what people are going through. I, I will tell this. If you're a longtime listener to this program, you know that um, I, I, I've always talked about wanting to have a second place in Florida, and, and I'm. It, it makes no economic sense to do that now because I'm, I'm a ways away from being able to use something on a regular basis. So it doesn't make any economic sense to buy this house when you're working full time and you're not going to be able to use it. And that's going to be the case, hopefully, for the foreseeable future. But but if I keep thinking if you could get something at your price, it would then be worth paying the taxes and the condo fees and whatever for, you know, a few years. It would be worth it if you could get it at your price. So Two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, we, when we were down in Florida earlier, we looked at different places, found this place, liked the place, and even though it made very little economic sense, but for the fact that I kind of like the place and interest rates are really low, I, I put in an offer. And I, it was it was an offer substantially below what the people were asking. And my wife is going, are you sure we want to do this? Are you sure we want to do this? And no, no problem. And it was so far below the asking price. I didn't, I didn't think it was unfair, but it was way below the asking price. They were clearly two weeks ago not motivated sellers. And the real estate agent came back and said, your offer was so low, they just, they're not even going to make a counter offer. Okay. My wife was relieved. I was a little bit disappointed. And she said, how do you feel? I said, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed. But this is two weeks ago. And I, but I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed because I kind of like the place, but there'll be other places. It, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get over that. And I'm, you know, but I will tell you, last night she asked me, all right, thinking about that place, okay, if they were to come back to us today and say, you know that offer that, that you put in two weeks ago? Well, we've kind of rethought this. And w- what would you say, you know, we'll, we'll sell it. What would you do? And, I think my reaction would be, no, I don't. I <laughs> two weeks ago was fine, but I, I don't, Melissa. I mean, I, I think my reaction now would be, you know, sure. there's so much uncertainty going on here, and there's so much stuff. I think I'm, I'm just willing to let this one sit for, you know, I'll, I'll revisit this in six months or a year or something. You know, it's like funny that. decisions that I made last week. I would make them completely differently this week. It's it's just you know day to day when it comes to stuff like this, when it comes to the economy, when yeah. it comes to personal choices of where we want to go or where yeah. should we shelter in place, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like right. it's just uh, it's ever changing. Well, right, and it, and it is, and and you're trying. Look, and I I'm a big picture kind of guy, and you try not to just react to short term moments, but you're also human, and if you have you know, if you have money in your 401k accounts or your IRAs or whatever, and you look at what's happened to that and you, you know, you go, huh, okay, well, I, you know, yeah, I can still afford this, but at the same time, I can afford it a lot less than I could have a couple of weeks ago. And, and if it's a purchase that you just don't absolutely have to have, like, like I said, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with my wife. I'm, I'm glad 
stuff works out for a reason. But I do wonder the people who just didn't even want to counter my, didn't even think it was in the ballpark. I wonder if they're sitting there saying, huh, you know, maybe we should have, we had a live one on the hook two weeks ago. His offer wasn't so bad after all. (laughs) Yeah, we we had a live one on the Mm -hmm. hook. and, And I think in my case, that fish has slipped away. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It looks like Illinois is becoming the third state after New York and California to issue a shelter-in-place order for the entire state. Uh, The report is that the Illinois governor uh, is about to announce that starting tomorrow, Illinois residents will be ordered to stay in their homes. Residents can still go to grocery stores. That's nice. Put gas in their cars, take walks outside, and make pharmacy runs. All local roads, including the interstate highways and tollways, will remain open to traffic. But, um, et cetera, essential businesses can remain open. Um, again, this is, I, I, so far, so far at least, we're, we're not talking about doing that in Wisconsin. And the, my question, as I asked in the last hour, is, is for people who put this on, how, how long can something like this stay in place before you you have the public that just simply says we we can't do this anymore? I mean, we do live in a free society, but um, at least short term, that's what appears that the order is going to be. I, I think candidly, I, I think we we've got, and this is what March twentieth. I, I think you know you, you you can do these type of things, see what happens over the course of the next week. But I do I do think come April first or so, we're going to have to start reexamining what the overall strategy is simply because at some point in time you do have to have a balance between trying to the legitimate issue of trying to control the spread of coronavirus versus long standing or permanent destruction of of the economy. And, and there is at some point in time a balancing act that comes into that and and, and hopefully hopefully we're going to get a handle on this. But the truth of the matter is uh, the coronavirus is a vaccine is a year to year and a half apart away. So, you know, whether it's the flattening curve or whatever, it's going to be with us moving forward. The thing that we can hopefully do is take enough steps to prevent it from spreading at such a rate that it overwhelms our, our hospitals and our health care facilities. But uh, the, the takeaway is that Illinois appears to become the third state ready to order a complete and total shelter-in-place order for the foreseeable future. All right, let's switch gears. Um, there, there have been... At, at a time when these orders with coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera, are, are costing lots of people jobs and just destroying various aspects of of the economy. Talk to a travel agent. Talk to somebody who you know works in the airline industry. Talk to somebody who works in the hospitality industry. There are there are some businesses that are thriving. Obviously, if you are a manufacturer in the most basic thing of toilet paper or hand sanitizer. I mean, your business is going great guns. If you're involved in trucking, you know, you're part of the supply chain. Your business is going great guns. You you look at a number of, like, grocery stores and, and big box retailers, the targets of the world, they're, they're hiring. I mean, they're out there saying, we, we need people to come in and stock the shelves and, and work as cashiers and do this. It, it's a boom for those admittedly narrow, but those areas of the economy as people start to react. One of the interesting things over the course of the last week or two, one of the businesses that's seen a huge spike in consumer activity, 
gun stores. Story in the Journal Sentinel the other day, um, sales of firearms in wake of the coronavirus pandemic have gone through the roof. And again, a lot of this is anecdotal, but you have lots of firearms dealers who are saying the, 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 what we're seeing now is this explosion of sales of firearms and ammunition. I mean, think, think Black Friday type of sales. I mean, think those levels that now the sale of firearms always in some respects, it, it goes up and down depending on what is going on in, in the world. If you have, I don't know, an election that's coming up and the perception is that one of the candidates who might be elected is going to do stuff to restrict people's ability to buy firearms, then what happens is everybody runs the gun store and buys the guns before you know this, this thing can be implemented. So that's always been a factor. But, but the idea apparently of corona virus has now causing people to you know run run to stores and to buy guns our number 855-616-1620 that is the accurate mortgage talk and text line now again i i sort of lump this in with other stuff i i understand going to the grocery store and buying i don't know enough provisions to last you a couple days I, I don't understand running to the grocery store and deciding that you're going to buy a, a year and a half supply of toilet paper. For the life of me, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand running to the grocery store and deciding that you're going to buy a year's worth of, of canned soup. doesn't make any sense to me because there's plenty of food. There might be temporary issues with the supply chain, but we're, we're not, we're not going to not have enough food. Similarly, if, if you wanted a gun, I mean, if that this is one of the things that you've been planning to buy a gun, and, and gee, this is uh, on Tuesday I was going to go get a gun, I, I understand that. Running to the store and saying, all right, because of this pandemic, because of the fact that, okay, I mean, are people legitimately afraid? I guess here's my question. Let's just cut through this all. I mean, are... Are you legitimately afraid? Is it a reasonable fear to believe that, you know, you're going to need, you're going to need a firearm for self-protection. You're going to need a firearm to stop looting. Are we really afraid that this, this is the tipping point in American society where civil authorities aren't going to be able to control things anymore and, and you need to go out and you, and you need to buy a gun because, I don't know, people might be swarming into your house trying to find out if you've got, you know, cans of Campbell's soup or boxes of Boston cream pie mix. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Just like... Buying a year's supply of toilet paper is, in my opinion, hysteria. Running out and feeling you have to buy a gun because of coronavirus or something because, gee, civilian authorities might not be able to control things and you're going to need to take matters into your own hands. I, I, I guess I lump that into the same category of, gee, i got to buy two years' worth of toilet paper. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yeah, I have nothing... No issues with people who decide they want to buy a firearm for whatever reason. But if the motivator is we're afraid that this is the apocalypse and we have to be able to defend ourselves and our family from, again, the roving bands of looters, I think we're going off the deep end, aren't we? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 
Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Amazon says that over the course of the last couple weeks, there's been a 68% increase in ammunition sales. And um, if you if you look at if you look at sales of guns as an indicator of background checks being run, they're, they're, they're starting to, to spike. And the, the inevitable conclusion is that people are not only rushing out to buy cans of soup and bottled water and hand sanitizer, but people are rushing out to buy firearms. Now, I, look, I, I'm a gun owner, I, so I don't, I don't have any issue with people you know, having guns. I, I guess I am wondering, is the panic so real that what do we think if why is coronavirus the motivating factor to run out and say, OK, this is this is when I'm going to buy a gun. Are we really afraid that civil authorities are going to lose control and we're going to have widespread looting and you're need, going to need the gun to defend yourself from the roving band of people who want to break into your house? I mean, is are, are we that afraid? Are, are we that afraid? And is that what's driving folks? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, I don't to answer some of the texts I'm getting. I don't I don't have an issue with people owning guns. I don't have a people uh, an issue with people buying guns. I'm just wondering is the motivation that we're really so afraid by what's going on now that we think civilian authorities are going to lose control. Let's talk to Andy and Jackson. Andy you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi Andy. How are you? I'm good, well, thank you. One what of do you the think? things that I I think a lot of this stems down i know this is kind of crazy but you know these people are watching a lot of these movies like the walking dead and the containment and containment kind of mimics what's going on right now you know these end of the world movies and i think people take that and then they add that into their regular lives and they don't realize that that's the movies but they're having trouble separating it because of so many things that have similarities to what's really happening in 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 today's deal with this coronavirus and you know, and I think the other thing that here's another scare is, you know, you, you see a lot of people that are out of work and you, you talk to people from day to day and I, I see people all the time. They say, well, what about all these people with, you know, hourly wages where, you know, they live paycheck to paycheck. What are they going to do when they run out of money? So, you know, people have that fear in their mind that, you know, somebody's going to start getting goofy. And yeah. I don't know that it's going to go that way. I just don't. No, well, I don't. I think, I, 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 no, I'm with you. I think, Andy, and I, and I hope not. Look, I mean, I guess I, I just, I, 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 I hope that that this human bond, I, I, I would hope that our, our communal bond isn't so thin that, that boy, okay, we, we've got this virus that's going along, so we, we've got a, a virus which, and again, I, I hate to go down this route, but I, I mean, I, I think sometimes we lose perspective on it. And I'm, and I'm not downplaying the significance, but the truth of the matter is most people aren't going to get this. China, 1.4 billion people, 80-some thousand cases. I'm not downplaying it. Maybe those numbers are a little – maybe they're a little low. And most people that get the coronavirus – so most people aren't going to get the coronavirus. And most people that get the, the overwhelming percentage, they're, they're going to recover. So, I mean, it's not the plague that's going to kill half the population. Now, sometimes I think we lose sight of that in the media coverage. And, again, I don't want to downplay the significance. We, we want to stop this. We don't want people to get it. But it's not like this is going to be the zombie 
apocalypse. That's just the reality. And to your point, I, I wonder if sometimes we lose sight of that. And now people are saying, hey, I, I got to rush out and I got to arm myself because I'm afraid of, of what's going to happen. Let's talk to Chris in Milwaukee. Chris, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you think? I think that it, it is very important right now that people do go out and arm themselves because you cannot find things that you need at the store, so people might just come try and take what they need. Really? The toilet paper thing was far-fetched. Yeah, the toilet paper thing was far-fetched for sure, but I don't know. Who knows where this whole thing's headed right now? It's scary, and that's why everybody's going out and buying guns. I know a guy, a co-worker, he's a felon. He even went and got a gun off the street because he is he's scared of what's happening. I, I mean, okay, when when you say I, I'm intrigued, when you say scared of what's happening, I mean, like like right now, there, there's plenty of food. Now, admittedly, stuff because people are hoarding and running and buying all this stuff. You, you might go into a grocery store on a given day and there's no chicken, but there's chick going to be chicken the next day. Do you think people are legitimately concerned that? My, my gosh, um, I, I'm going to have I'm going to have roaming, roving bands of hoodlums show up at my door, and they're going to try to take my you know whatever, take my bottled water or my soup, and I'm going to have to defend them. Are, are are people really, really thinking that? Yeah, they are. Huh. No, th- thanks for the call. Well, I I I, I sure as hell hope not. I, it's, it's, I mean, I, I hope that this societal thread that we have isn't so thin that i mean look right now i i understand and, and this is this is part of the thing i my, my lovely wife i i told her the I, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth but last night i said for god's sake turn on the hallmark hallmark channel because you know during the hallmark christmas movies it drives me crazy because only i said for god's sake turn on the hallmark channel because she is she is an incredibly smart level-headed woman with the possible exception of her current taste in men but you know but, but she's you know she she's at home she's doing all this stuff and she's watching and it's just one horror story after another and i, I i'm trying to again without downplaying the impact of the coronavirus I, i'm trying to give us a little bit of perspective here and say look i Look, I understand we're trying to keep this, and this this could be bad if you have the hospitals that are overwhelmed, but the reality is that this isn't going to destroy half the population of the United States. And the vast majority of people who get this, they recover. If you're 90 years old and you've got emphysema and you get it, it's going to be a bad thing. If you're 90 years old and you get the flu or pneumonia, it's going to be a bad thing. Not equating this with pneumonia or the flu, but you, you get the, the point. And I guess if... If we're really at this point where, you know, we, we have to we're so afraid that our civilian authorities are going to completely lose control of this and there's going to be no food and it's going to be the end of the world. It it, it reminds me of the hysteria. And yeah, that's the word I'm using that I saw among some people around the Y2K thing, you know, 20 years ago, where if if you don't remember that, that was. When, when the calendar switched from 1999 to 2000, the argument was our computer systems aren't going to be able to cope with that. Everything's going to crash. Guidance systems on planes are going to fail. They're going to crash. The banking industry is going to go under. Computers aren't going to work. You're not going to, the power grid is going to fail. And, and, and people were, you had all these, these preppers and people were buying guns because they thought that they'd be in the bunker for all this time. I, I guess I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't see that. And if you want to go out and buy a gun, go with God. That's okay. I mean, I, I'm not arguing that. But if 
if people are running out to buy guns and stock up on ammunition because they, they legitimately think that it's going to be like the last stand at the Alamo with people trying to, with civilian authorities not able to control things and people rushing in to try to get the, the bottled water that you've got in your basement. We, we, we got bigger problems. I mean, I, I just, I just don't think we're anywhere close to that, and I, I do appreciate this is a big deal that we're going through, but again, we, we need to have some sort of perspective. If you want to buy a gun, fine, go, go buy a gun. If you're going to buy the gun because, again, you, you think it's going to be a shootout, you're going to have to defend yourself, I, I just I don't see it. And I hope you never get a chance to call me back and say, Jeff, you know, you were wrong and we were right on this one. This is Jeff Wagner, back with more in just a couple minutes.